everyone and welcome to Elm City Lit Fest podcast. I'm Ife Michelle Gardine, founder of Elm City Lit Fest, a celebration of literature, literary arts, and literary artists of the African diaspora. This evening, my guest is my good friend and all-around socialite lady, <laughs> Babs Rawls Ivy. <laughs> And tonight, we're talking about poetry. Because Babs and I, oh, and clink, cheers, I got my glass too. Um, tonight, we're going to talk about poetry as we're sipping wine. We're going to recite some poetry because we both have a love for poetry. And um, I, I thought about this uh, last week. Um, there was a celebration on October 7th, um, 17th was National Black Poetry Day, which was founded by Jupiter Hammond in the 1700s. And um, in, I read some poetry last week. I, I read, um, I did some original poetry, but then all week I've been thinking about poetry and reading poetry. So I asked my friend Babs to come on with me because we both love poetry. Right, Babs? We do. Yes, we do. We do. We do. We do. <laughs> I do. We do. <laughs> yes. And and like we don't have any favorite poets. Like it's hard because it, like we we've been reading it so long, it's hard to say who's your favorite. Like, so I have a little bit of from for my uh repertoire this evening. I have a little bit of young, a little bit of old. Um, and I I have I'm gonna start out with Rupi. I love Rupi. But let's just talk Me about too. how did how did you start? When did your first memory of poetry, Babs? When did you first start? Like I think I, you know what I think my first memory of poetry was high school. I had a Jewish English teacher, Miss um, Prokop, and she turned and you know she was she was so cool. She turned me on to so many things, but she was a fan of Gwendolyn Brooks. So she turned oh, wow. me on to Gwendolyn Brooks. But then I had an uncle who was in the military and he was stationed in Germany. And he sent me um, Nikki Giovanni albums. She said, he sent me two Nikki Giovanni albums from Germany. And I put them on. He's, and he sent me a component player. Do they say component players anymore? But component players, you know, Ife, where it was the turntable, the cassette. Yeah, the whole the eight track. Yeah. It was, it was, it was all the. Okay, yep, yeah, that's the multi. But he sent it mm -hmm. to Germany. He sent it to me, and I put it together. It had speakers, the whole nine. It was great. I mean, it was one of these cool things with the dust cover. It was very mm -hmm. sleek looking, very, very Swedish looking, and uh, and he sent me these Nicky Giovanni albums. Um, was it the was desktop one, or was it the like the whole one? It was a whole thing. Like it was a whole whole thing in its own case and whole tower. And it was it was it was it was it was very streamlined, very sleek. It was very sleek and expensive looking. And it was expensive, I would imagine. And then he wow. sent me um the Nikki Giovanni albums, My House, and I think Truth is on the way or something. Um and I remember that was my first introduction to Nikki Giovanni, who happens to be my sorority sister, um, by the way. But, and I had a love affair with her ever since. Like that was the beginning of the love affair because listening to her uh, recite her poetry with the with the with the gospel choir in the background of all her po poems was just I just never heard anything like it. Like I just never heard anything like it. So I want to say my 
um, my aunts, both um, teachers, um, my aunt Elaine Goodson and, and my aunt Edie, who is just Aurora. Um, oh, yes. Always gifted <laughs> books. And um, and I was an avid reader as well. And so um, and my aunt went to Virginia, Edie, I mean, Elaine, my aunt Elaine went to Virginia State and. I believe she had the Nikki Giovanni album as well as the last poets and oh. Gil Scott Heron. Oh, yes. That's rich. Right. And so, um, and just listening to that and, and I'm, um, so I bought it. Like, <laughs> I, you remember the, at the record store was the record shop yes. on Dixon Avenue. I went and bought me. I went to, and and would play it over and over again. But then I got like I would. I'm a. I'm one of the people that get addicted to stuff. Like I'll if I like a song, I play it over and over again. Mm-hmm. Um, when I discovered like when I discovered Nikki Giovanni and and um, oh and also and when I was in high school, um, I had a social studies teacher who. Um, Introduced us to Intazaki Shenge. Oh. And, um, and Colored Girls Considered a Rainbow and Suicide. And so, we, you know, I could recite that whole Corey yeah. poem. Yeah. You know, when I went to see the movie, it was really, I just knew every line. It was just like, I know. I didn't, almost didn't want to see the movie because. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? I, I felt the same way. I was like, I almost don't want to see, first of all, I mean, I, and people took a lot of issue with Tyler Perry doing it, but I, I wasn't mad at Tyler Perry doing it. Like, it didn't move me like that. Like, I wasn't mad about it. I just didn't want it to be co-opted. I wanted it to be true to the... But And I, th- I personally thought it was, but I mean, I know he took a lot of criticism about it, but but I think I think the criticism came because people don't really... They hadn't read it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they don't... They just, like, yeah. see it as... Oh, this is anti-black woman stuff, but it's not. Like you have to read it and absorb it. Like, and you also have to look at the time that she wrote it. Yes. Okay, yes. because a lot of and and this is something that um, I believe and I believe Nikki Giovanni said when she was um, speaking at Yale. When somebody asked her what she was thinking when she wrote something, she said, "Girl, I was." 19 when I wrote right. that. <laughs> right. And, and forget that you grow and change and develop. Like, okay, I wrote I wrote this poem when I was 20. Like, I'm 50. I'm 60. I'm 70. Like 70 something. Yeah. <laughs> like Nikki is 70 something years old. She's like, She's like girl. <laughs> I'm glad you liked it and it, it was resonates with you, but I was your age when I wrote it. So <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking then. Because as we all know, as we age and mature, our, our emotions, our, our thoughts, and our the way we deal with things evolve, we hope. Yes. <laughs> I mean, yes, right? Like, I mean, yeah. you would hope. Like, you hope that people evolve. You know, you anyway. Hope. Anyway, what you got first, Baz? What's your first one? Well, my first one is Nikki Giovanni's poem, Kidnap Poem. <laughs> Because, you know, here's the thing. People forget Nikki Giovanni had a thing for H. Rap Brown, H. Rap Brown, who was a... That's right. Who was like a, sort of like a Black Panther adjacent. He changed his name. Mm-hmm. I got I to gotta figure, I got to go back and look what he changed. We know what he, he changed his name. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I can't remember what it is. But he was H. Rap Brown when she wrote this poem back in the day because you know she had a thing she was with him Mm -hmm. he was a panther and he was you know black is beautiful kind of stuff and she was down with that so but this is the kidnap poem by Nikki Giovanni which is one of my one of my to me Ife it's still Mm -hmm. a sexy poem like you could still say this to somebody (laughs) now (laughs) even though she wrote this poem like 50 years ago but it's still sexy, right? It's, it, yeah. it holds it holds up. So it's and I think we both have because some of my poems are out of her. Yes, I got this. I got yes. this. 
I, and I have, I just have every every book that she's written. But anyway, okay. ever ever been kidnapped by a poet? If I were a poet, I kidnap you, put you in my phrases, and meet you to Jones Beach, or maybe Coney Island, or maybe just in my house. Ly- lyric you in lilacs and dash you in the rain. Blend into the beach to compliment my sea. Play the lyre for you. Old you with my love songs. Anything to win you. Wrap you in the red, black, green. Yeah, show you off the mama. If I were a poet, I'd kidnap you. I just, I just think that's a, a, a simple, sexy, grown poem. It I really. I kidnap you. What? So I got, okay, I got another one by her. Seduction. Oh! <laughs> I, I love that one. Girl, <laughs> I feel like, no, and I got like, I got so many, I got like a lot of uh, paper clips in these pages because I, I, there's so many. Girl, I know. Anyway, one day you're going to walk in this house and I'm going to have on a long African gown You'll sit down and say, the black, and I'm going to take one arm out. And then you not noticing me at all will say, what about this brother? And I'm going to be slipping it over my head. And you'll rap about the revolution while I rest my hand against my, your hand against my stomach. And you'll go on as you always do saying, I just can't dig while I'm moving your hand up and down and I'll be taking off your dashiki. I'll be taking your dashiki off and then you'll say what we really need and and I'll be licking your arm and the way I see it we ought to and unbuckling your pants and what about the situation and taking your shorts off then you'll notice your state of undress and knowing you you'll just say Nikki isn't this Counter revolutionary. <laughs> oh, that's one of my favorites. Yes, one of my favorites. That's one of my favorites. Okay, because you know that's a because we don't talk about counter revolutionary conversations. Like we're not, we're not, we're not specifically having those kinds of conversations. So I think this that poem is so badass. Like it's just so, yeah. And she got on her, she got on her African thing and he got on his dashiki and it's like listen because what what I feel like a lot of poets very talented poets they always like are are in anger like yeah everyone in the struggle and I always say this everyone needs to find some joy you got to go someplace to recharge rejuvenate And and get your strength up for the struggle. Yes. You can't all be the struggle. Because when you go home, you know, you want to let your hair down. You want to have a glass of wine. <laughs> you want to hug somebody. Uh-uh. I, I think you're right. And, and you know, for me, um, there's a couple of artists that sort of understand that. Like, I love Lucille Clifton. Yes. Who sort of understood I can be sexy. And I could also be revolutionary. I could right. be thought provoking, and I could be seductive. Do you know what I mean? Like exactly. she, she really, she really sort of understood um, the 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 threads of all of poetry. There was poetry for everybody. You know, for y'all who want to be like Ungawa, Black Power, she got you. But for those of you who were like, I just want to feel sexy and feminine and womanly and comely. I got you. <laughs> I okay. got you. Okay. Got you. Who you got next? What you got next? You got I more think, Nikki? I think I'm a no, I think I'm gonna pick um I think I'm gonna pick a, a Lucille Clifton poem. Okay. Um, because I was at um uh, I was at Grace Farms this weekend. Oh with, um, yes, Tracy. Yes, who is the who was the last poet US poet laureate. And she talked about time. She talked about time in poetry, time in events. 
And uh, and she was quite mesmerizing, Ife. I must say, she was I quite mesmerizing. Imagine. I can imagine. Um, and you know, she she gave us a tight hour. She wasn't like you know, she didn't talk for days. And she read some Lucille Clifton Clifton poetry, and she read some um, uh, she read um, some Jericho Brown poetry. Oh, you don't know. So she she gave us some old stuff and some very new stuff, mm-hmm. and uh, and so I know everybody was like on their um, on their phones, like okay, uh, who is they want to hear her stuff. <laughs> what what was she talking about? So anyway, mm-hmm. uh, blessing the boats by um, Lucille Clifton. Um, blessing the boats. At St. Mary's, may the may the may the tide that is entering even now, the lip of our understanding carry you out beyond the face of fear. May you kiss the wind, then turn from it, certain that it will love you back, love your back. May you open your eyes to water, water waving forever, and may you, in your innocence, sail. Through this to that. Wow. I just, I just thought it was I just thought that was a lovely little poem by her. I thought it was lovely. It was. I think people forget poems poems don't always have to be long and heavy, that they can get the job done short and sweet. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Poet laureates. What do you we, got? Um, I got. I was looking for Rita Dub, something with Rita Dub, but I have Marilyn. I, know, I just read something by Rita Dub the other day. Yeah. So this is um, from Marilyn's book, How I Discovered Poetry. Oh, is that a Marilyn Nelson? Marilyn Nelson. Oh, we Speaking love Marilyn of- Nelson. Yes. Connect. Former Connecticut poet laureate, and she's very much with us, and very much writing, and very much engaging. In Connecticut. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, and this is a this, it's it's a it's like a memoir, poetry book, um, and it it just is full of wonderful wonderful things, um, and it, it just goes through a journey of her life. So this one is called. Glow in the dark. Mm-hmm. Um, some Negroes, some TV Negroes have shine in the dark, white eyes and teeth and are afraid of ghosts. I slip out of my twin bed, tiptoe to our dresser mirror and grin in the dark. To my relief, my teeth and eyes don't shine. In the no lights on midnight mirror, I'm a darker outline against darkness. Behind my silhouette, my Sunday school attendance award cross is still glowing in the shadowed cubicle of my headboard between my gold plastic music box clock and my gold fruitcake tin full of treasures guided by its dying phosphorescence I slide back into my warm blanket nest I find that this book in particular of hers is even though it's a memoir it's like comforting and I don't know. It in just very in the po in the poetry mm-hmm. and the history is that's just so comforting about the memories of childhood memories. I like that. Because I think I think I think there's a poem for every sort of facet, every sort of facet of our lives. Um and and people people should sort of seek out poems to sort of give us a, a understanding of how we're feeling in the moment on any given subject, whether it's love or unrequited love, whether it's family drama, whether it's work, whether it's environmental stuff, like right. poetry gives you opportunity to sort of succinctly say, this is what's happening. At least that's how I see it. Which is why I got this book. I've been this one has been helping me through the week. Homebody by Rupi Kaur. 
I I love I love that book. Oh my God! Because the sections are mind, heart, rest, and awake, and not all the well the ones I I'm going to go through them. This in each section, the ones I picked were very short, very short, but so poignant and and right right now. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. So, and in the section of mind. Why do I let my mind get under my skin? I am so sensitive. What? Who can relate to that? <laughs> my mind keeps running off to dark corners and coming back with reasons for why I am not enough. That should be a mantra for somebody out there who ain't feeling enough. Absolutely. Okay. Yes. And this one I have felt. My mind, my body, and I all live in one place, but it feels like we are three completely different people. <laughs> God, I've been there. Ooh, I love Ooh, it. So that was in the mind section. In the heart section, it's, wait, let me see, in heart. Um, here we go. I have to find where I my little thing's at. I want you to wipe away everything you know about love and start with one word, kindness. Give it to them. Let them give it to you. Be two pillars equal in love and you'll carry empires on your backs. I need that now. I'm not looking for love, but I would like love to come this way. <laughs> I, you know, I, I think love poems are my favorite yes poems, right like i i love a good love poem like i love i love a good love poem and i'm always seeking them out and i know people think oh that's so sappy you know um but i for me i don't think we can never um stop feeling it right or never get enough of it because i think the the, the opposite of love is war or well the opposite of love is indifference, but if you if you don't make love your ministry, what 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 are you doing? <laughs> That's okay. why I feel like like what are you doing? Like how why are you on the earth if you're not sort of saying love is everything? Love is where I'm at. Love is where I'm going. Love is what I'm trying to do. Love is where I'm rooted. And if you don't, if you're not doing that work. What work are you doing? That's how that's how I feel. So oh, and the okay, you got something because I'm gonna do some from her because this is some love right here. Oh, 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 oh. Here, Jonti. Oh my gosh. If y'all ain't got him yet, uh order it, order it. Go to people get ready if you in New Haven. <laughs> oh, I love that. Yes. Oh, he I has love that. I love that. serious love poems in here. Well, you know, my favorite Nikki Giovanni poem mm -hmm. is um, um, Nikki Giovanni's Resignation. It's, it's a little bit long. Not terribly long, but it's a little bit long. Go for it, Babs. But I, I, I love it. And I read it often. Mm -hmm. Um. But I think it's, I think in this time, it bears people listening to it out loud. So Nikki Giovanni, Resignation. And I've read this in all kinds of spaces. Resignation. Mm -hmm. I love you because the earth turns round the sun. Because the north wind blows north sometimes. Because the Pope is Catholic and most rabbis Jewish. Because the winters flow into springs and the air clears after a storm. Because only my love for you, despite the charms of gravity, keeps me from falling off this earth into another dimension. I love you because it is the natural order of things. I love you like the habit I picked up in college of sleeping through lectures or, or saying I'm sorry when I get stopped for speeding. Because I drink a glass of water in the morning and chain smoke cigarettes all through the day. Because I take my coffee black and my milk with chocolate. 
because you keep my feet warm through my life. And though my life a mess, I love you because I don't want it any other way. I'm hopeless in my love for you. It makes me happy to hear you call my name. I am amazed you can resist locking me in an echo chamber where your voice reverates through the four walls, sending me into spasmatic ecstasy. I love you because it's been so good for so long that if I didn't love you, I'd have to be born again. And that is not a theological statement. I am pitiful in my love for you. The Dells tell me it's so simple, though the thought through, though of you sends indescribably delicious multitudinous thrills throughout and through in my body. I love you because no two snowflakes are alike. And it is possible if you stand tippy-toe to walk between the raindrops. I love you because I'm afraid of the dark and can't sleep in the light because I rub my eyes when I wake up in the morning and find you there. Because you, with all your magic powers, were determined that I would love you. Because there was nothing for you but that I would love you. I love you because you made me want to love you. More than I love my privacy, my freedom, my commitments and responsibilities. I love you because I changed my life to love you. Because you saw me one Friday afternoon and decided that I would love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. That's one of my favorite poems. You can tell by the way you're reading it. It's one of my favorite poems, Ife. I love this poem. (laughs) I wish I I had the fortitude to commit it to memory, but I don't have to read it. But it's one of my favorites. Well, I'm going to read from another poet laureate, Rita Dove, Heart to Heart. I love Rita Dove. Oh, my gosh. It's neither red nor sweet. It doesn't melt or turn over break or harden so it can't feel pain, yearning, regret. It doesn't have a tip to spin on. It it isn't even shapely, just a thick clutch of muscle lopsided mute. Still, I feel it inside its cage, sounding a dull tattoo. I want, I want, but I can't open it. There's no key. I can't wear it on my sleeve or tell you from the bottom of it how I feel here. It's all yours now, but you'll have to take me to. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love me the dove. I do too. Cause I just think, you know, Ife, I just think poetry just gets right at the heart of things. Whew. It really does. It really Quickly. does. You Quick. know. As much as we love to read, Yes, um, and we do, we do, we do, we do. Um, but it's something about poetry, and it just, you know, I, I just wanted to keep poetry going. Um, got another one by Rita. Um, by Rita, let me open it up. Jeez, um, love. Oh no, this isn't her. I'm sorry. Let's keep going. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Yeah. yeah, I thought that was hers, but that isn't hers. Um, but oh, let me get her back. Let me do one from her, cause this man, he understands. No, who? <laughs> her? Paul John? Uh, John Paul? Uh, Paul What's his name? Jonti. Pierre Alex Jonti. I don't know how to say that. His last name. He's probably Haitian. Women like her are both salt and sugar. How her love tastes truthfully depends on what you bring to the table and how you serve it. (laughs) Okay. We're going to go with that. She is everything a man will desire and need as well as everything a boy will not understand, not value, and will take for granted. I like that. This man is like these poems. What are good flowers without water? What are good promises without actions? I just love the way that these poems are short and so thought provoking. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like they they 
call you to think about them in a way that maybe a book or a chat book or some other other entity wouldn't allow for that a short poem will get you to thinking about an issue quickly you know I like that I like mm-hmm. that. I, I got um you know I'm such a fan of um Langston Hughes yep and uh, I've got a collection of works by Langston Hughes so this is um, from the poems between 1921 and 1940. And you know this one, um, poem. It's called Poem. The night is beautiful, so the faces of my people. Mm. The, the stars are beautiful, so the eyes of my people. Beautiful also is the sun. Beautiful also are the souls of my people. I was like, go ahead, Richard Wright. Because, you know, I mean, Langston Hughes. Uh, I, I just love the poetry of Langston Hughes because it just speaks to that moment where he talked a lot. Of, he, he talked about love. He talked about injustice. He talked about black on black, in, black, on black injustice. I mean, he covered a lot in these three volumes of uh, poetry, and he loved he he sincerely all his poetry and his stories show his love for our people. Yeah, yeah, and 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 um, like um, passion and hope in the in the struggle. Yeah, because again, <laughs> it you know. It, there's so much we're we struggling constantly and so much in all the time we on we got to get i feel personally that there are times when we just got to rise above it <sighs> or you utilize find them times of joy love and gratitude to persevere through the bull shit <laughs> no i i get you i mean i I feel you. I, I mean, I, 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 I dare say, I hope that we can elevate poetry to the place where we are reading that first. You know what I mean? Like we are. Yeah. Let me, let me, let me, let us find out what the poets are thinking about, as opposed to those that write full, fictitious or fictional books or accounts. But let's check in and see. What are the poets talking about? What what are the poets saying? Because that gives you a good, I think, pulse of what is happening in the world when when you when you look at what poets are writing about. It gives you a good. Um, poets have a good pulse on. Yes. On on what is now and what is happening. What in evolution and in the word the poetry motivates activates <laughs> gives you a lot to think about like you said in a little bit of yes time yes yes in a little so. bit of time so i think i'm going to pull um a to be in love from gwendolyn brooks oh oh my gosh Okay. To be in love is to touch with a lighter hand. In yourself, you stretch, you are well. To look at things, you look at things through his eyes. A cardinal is red, a sky is blue. Suddenly, you know he knows too. He is not there, but you know you are tasting together. The winter or or light spring weather. His hand to his his hand to take your hand is overmuch, too much to bear. You cannot look in his eyes because your pulse must not say what must be said. When he shuts a door, is not there, your arms feel like water and you are free with a ghastly freedom. You are the beautiful half of a golden hurt. 
you remember and covet his mouth to touch, to whisper on. Oh, when to declare is certain death. Oh, when to apprise is to mesmerize. To see fall down the column of gold into the commonest ash. Again, times. <laughs> yes. The times. Yes. <clears throat> and, and, yes. And speaking of the times, Lexi Hughes wrote a poem for Billie Holiday. There it goes. Fucking purge my heart of the song and the sadness. Fucking purge my heart but the song of the sadness. Fucking purge my heart of the sadness of the song. Ooh. Do not speak of sorrow with dust in her hair or bits of dust in eyes. A, la a chance wind blows there. The sorrow that I speak of is dusted with despair. Voice of muted trumpet, cold brass in warm air, bitter television blurred, but sound that shimmers. Where? That's the song for Billie Holiday. So I'm glad he took the time to sort of write that. And we could think about that, right? Like we think about what he's trying to tell us in this poem. So I like it. Okay. You got something. Uh, let me see. I, I was looking for something from Maya. Oh, we must have something from Maya. Yes, we do. Oh, and then, of course, I just want to read my Gwendolyn Brooks favorite, We Real Cool. Oh, I, girl, We Real Cool. We stay in we school. Real we cool. Die. We yeah. left school. We, <laughs> we track straight. <laughs> we left school. <laughs> we sing, sin, we drink gin. We don't drink gin. We drink tequila. We chat. <laughs> <laughs> we tell them ourselves. But yeah, let's let's find some Maya. We're trying to be inspirational in this hour, y'all. Yeah. There's so many things. We like we are both going through some stuff. Oh, okay. Personal lives and oh. and professional lives making things happen. But as you make things happen, sometimes the other stuff, negative stuff comes about. Yes. And we are always, always trying to lift and motivate. And Lit Fest is, is started out of a celebration. I love celebrations. That's why I started Lit Fest. Yes, <laughs> yes. I love celebrations. He said just love a good time. celebration. <laughs> she loves a good celebration. <laughs> you can celebrate anything. In the struggle, I keep it real with you about the struggle and 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 how people are and all that. But I, you know, we we must. I I sincerely believe that celebrations are really important for us. Yes, to maintain our to have resilience, maintain resilience and sanity through whatever we're struggling through. Whatever we're struggling, through. the worst thing in the world I think somebody could do when they're going through something is to, is to, and I'm not a therapist. I ain't telling nobody what to do. Just saying for me. Yes. It's to hold up and, and, and just like keep it in. Cause as you get, we both live out loud. Y'all, y'all know that we live out loud. <laughs> we do. Invite us to something. We going to show up. <laughs> we do. We do. You got a poem, Babs? I do. I have, you know what? I mean, Nikki, I mean, uh, Maya Angelou and mm -hmm. Still I Rise. Of course. Ooh. Okay. Let's go with it. You may write me down the history with your bitter, twisted lies. You may tread me in the very dirt, but still, like dust, I'll rise. Does my sassiness upset you? Why are you beset with gloom? Because I walk like I got oil wells pumping in my living room. Just like a, just like moons and like suns with the certainty of tides. Just like hopes upbringing high. Still I rise. Did you want me to see, did you want to see me broken? 
bowed head and lowered eyes, shoulders falling down like teardrops, weakened by my soulful cries. Does my haughtiness offend you? Mm. Don't, don't you take it awful hard because I laugh like I got gold mines digging in my own backyard. You may shoot me with your words. You may cut me with your eyes. You may kill me with your hatefulness, but still, like air, I'll rise. Does my sexiness upset you? Does it come as a surprise that I dance like I got diamonds at the meeting of my thighs? Out of the huts of history's shame, I rise. Up from a past that's rooted in pain, I rise. I'm a black ocean, leaping and wide, welling and swelling, I bear in the tide, leaving behind nights of terror and fear. I rise into the daybreak that's wondrously clear. I rise, bringing the gifts that my ancestors gave. I am the dream and the hope of the slave. I rise. I rise, I rise. Whoop. Go ahead, Maya. I feel you. I feel you, Maya. <laughs> and I, I got one from her too, which is also yes. my fir her first, the book, the first book I read. I know why the cage birds sing. Girl. Because everybody knows there was a book, but I don't know how many people know there was a poem. It was a poem. Yes. I know why the cage bird sings. The free bird leaps on the back of the wind and floats downstream till the current ends and dips his wings in the orange sun rays and dares to claim the sky. But a bird that, stalk, that stalks down his narrow cage can seldom see through the bars of rage. His wings are clipped and his feet are tied so he opens his throat to sing. The cage bird sings with fearful trill of things unknown but long for still. And his tune is heard on the distant hill for the cage bird sings of freedom. The free bird thinks of another breeze and the trade winds saw through the sighing trees and the fat worms waiting on the dawn bright lawn and he names the sky his own. But a cage bird stands on the grave of dreams. His shadow shouts, on a nightmare scream, his wings are clipped and his feet are tied, so he opens his throat to sing. The cage bird sings with a fearful trill of things unknown but long for still, and his tune is heard on the distant hill, for the cage bird sings of freedom. What? I love that. What? Like, folks. Yes. Can you hear what is in that? Yes. How I know angry. why the cage bird sings. Okay. That's pretty powerful. What you could you could you could be in a place. Yes. Get joy and liberation, y'all. Yes. Yes, yes, Ife. Yes. There's joy yes. and liberation. Yes. And and yes. yes. Or you could just be in the cage, jealous about the people out there. Yes. <laughs> so I have a I have a My Angelou poem, which I think fits me now. Cause it's it's a poem called On Aging. Mm. And now that I'm in a place of aging. It resonated when I read this poem when I was a young woman. It didn't resonate with me because I wasn't—I mean, I was aging, but it, it's a different kind of aging now. In this part of my life, it's a different kind of aging, and so this resonates with me. My Angelou on aging. When you see me sitting quietly, like a sack left on the shelf, don't think I need your chattering. I'm listening to myself. Hold, stop. Don't pity me. Hold, stop your sympathy. Understanding if you got it, otherwise I'll do without it. When my bones are stiff and aching and my feet won't climb the stair, I will only ask one favor. Don't bring me no rocking chair. 
when you see me walking, stumbling, don't study and get it wrong. Because tired don't mean lazy. And every goodbye ain't gone. Every. I'm the same person I was back then. A little less hair, a little less chin, mm-hmm. a lot less lungs, and much less wind. But ain't I lucky I can still breathe in? Go ahead, Maya. Maya was like, I ain't going with y'all. Don't mess with me. Don't pity me. Okay. Okay. It's just like, listen, ain't nobody a matron. <laughs> no. Ain't nobody. And she's like, it. and she's like, just because you see me, get out of my way. Like, don't, okay. don't, don't mistake. Don't get it twisted. Get it twisted. <laughs> you see me coming with my cane. I don't need your help. <laughs> I don't need your help. Or like, or, or what I like to say is like, you ain't caught up to me yet. Right. Oh. <laughs> what young people forget is that every time they have a birthday, they get in closer to where I am. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no. Yes. 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 It's it's just like so many points can be made. So many points can be made. Yes. Oh boy. Yes. The poetry, the things we love. So you got something by Tracy? You know what? I didn't pull anything by Tracy, but I think I will. You know, what, you know, seeing her at Grace Front, because you know, Ife, she she had a good conversation. She was talking about um she was talking about time. It was a conversation on time, mm. and she talked about getting trying to get back home because her father was sick and 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 uh he was dying mm. and she was talking about time and remembering when he wasn't sick and dying um and so it was amazing but she read she read a lucille clifton poem and she read a jericho brown poem but um i i personally think she probably is one of the most um she probably is one of the most brilliant poems, poets in our lifetime. Mm-hmm. Uh, because uh, I so enjoyed her uh, so much. And uh, I'm going to. So, um, I'm a back on Nikki Giovanni, just to harp on her. <laughs> yes, go. Um, go. I'm going to find a poem by Tracy K. Smith. Something um, came up. Um, I mean, uh, this poem came to mind because of of uh, my mother's the anniversary of my mother's passing last week, week and a half ago, which is my and, mother's birthday, and um, my um, and my current state of motherhood. Um, The last time I was home, this is Mothers by Nikki Giovanni. The last time I was home to see my mother, we kissed, exchanged pleasantries and unpleasantries with a warm, comforting silence around us and read separate books. I remember the first time I consciously saw her. We were living in a three-room apartment on Burns Avenue. Mommy always sat in the dark. I don't know how I knew. I don't know how I knew that, but she did. That night I stumbled into the kitchen, maybe because I've always been a night person or perhaps because I had wet the bed. She was sitting on a chair. The room was bathed in moonlight diffused through tiny window panes. She may have been smoking, but maybe not. Her hair was three quarters her height, which made me a strong believer in the Samson myth and very black. I'm sure I hung there by the door. I remember thinking, what a beautiful lady. She was deliberately waiting, perhaps for my father to come home from his night job or maybe for a dream that had promised to come by. Come here, she said, I'll teach you a poem. I see the moon, the moon sees me. God bless the moon and God bless me. I taught that to my son who recited it for her. Just to say, we must learn to bear the pleasures as we have borne the pains. 
Yes. Okay. And you, and you know what? I actually taught that poem to my children. God bless the moon. God bless me. I see the moon. The moon sees me. God bless the moon. God bless. I actually taught that to my children because that is the first poem that they have committed to memory. And when you see them, they can recite it. They can absolutely recite it because I taught it to them for that purpose, the way she taught it to her son. I was so moved by it. And uh, and I wanted them to know it. I wanted them to know it. And so, and they do know it. So I'm just saying. So um, I- You got it? I, I do have a poem by us, by um, uh, Tracy, Tracy K. Smith, who was the U.S. Poet Laureate in 20, 2018, 2019. And she gave a really good talk yesterday, Ife. She was, she was, she was amazing. I believe it. I mean, she really was amazing. Um, And she told a story about her father. And I was going to read a poem that had nothing to do with what she talked about yesterday, but what what she wrote before. So, Mm -hmm. um, what woke to war in me those years when my daughter had first grown into a solid self-centered self? I'd watch her sit at the table, well, not quite sit, more like standing on one leg, while the other knee hovered just over the chair. She wouldn't lower herself as if there might be a fire or a great black blizzard of waves let loose in the kitchen. And she'd need to make her escape. No, she she trusts no one but herself, her own, her own. New, lean, always jittering legs to carry her. What? Where exactly? Where would a child go? To there, there alone, she'd rest one elbow, shimming the solid, expensive, tasteful chair. And even though we were together, her eyes would go half done, half dome, shades dropped, like a screen at a some cinema the old weren't let into. I thought I'd have more time. I thought my body would have taken longer going about the inevitable fear of repelling her. But now I could see even in what food she left untouched, food I thought and made and all but furry to her lips, I could see would it smack of all that had grown slack and loosened me, her other arm would wave the fork around just above the surface of the plate, casting about for the least possible morsel, the tiniest grain of unseasoned rice. She'd dip into the food like one of those shoddy metal claws poised over a valley of rubber, bouncing balls, the kind that lifts nothing or next to nothing and drops in the chute. The narrow, untouched tips, the shoulders still so naive as to stand squared, erect, impervious, facing the window open onto the darkening dust. Wow. (laughs) Okay, Tracy. She, she She is very deep. She's very brilliant. She is. And to hear her talk, I mean, you know, she talked about racism and white supremacy (laughs) in a way, in a a poetic way. She talked about it. And, um, you know, she, you know, if she talked about it in a way that, that squashed, that just chilled white people without chilling white people, you know what I mean? Like, they, they didn't know that they were being slapped, but they were being slapped. <laughs> so I wonder how many of them were left that left that space going, wait, what just happened? Or or they thought about it and, and play back in their mind and be like, oh, did what did you do you think she meant? <laughs> I, I I bet you they walked out feeling like we just been talked to. <laughs> I don't we know. Just, some some white people it goes over their head. I they know, just, girl. Yeah. Right, listen, 
Yes. So yes. This is a song that is a by Billy God Bless the Child by Billy Holiday is a song oh. that's my favorite poem. And when you when you talked about um poems for your children, like I used to play this um for Raven and we sing it together with that at, at, as she was a child. So I'm just gonna say the words. Then there's God shall get oh. that's not shall lose. So the Bible said, says, and it still is news. Mama may have, Papa may have. God bless the child that's got his own, that's got his own. Yeah. Yes, the strong seem to get more while the weak ones fade. Empty pockets don't ever make the grade as mama may have and papa may have. God bless the child that's got his own, that's got his own. And when you got money, you got a lot of friends crowding around your door. And when the money's gone and all your spending ends, they won't be around anymore. No, no more. And rich relations may give you a crest of bread, a bread and such. You can't help yourself, but don't, you can help yourself, but don't take too much. Because mama may have and your papa may have, but God bless the child that's got his own, that's got his own. God bless the child who can stand up and say, I've got my own. Every child's got to have his own. And man, if that song yes. doesn't resonate with my life right now. Yes. <laughs> I listen, girl. I feel, what? I, 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 listen, what? I feel In you. so many ways. Yes. Jesus. You yeah. know, it's 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 amazing what we're attracted to. Mm. <laughs> what we're like what we what, like the 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 literary, the literary things that come in our lives. Like, I, I, I just can't understand. People don't read. If you watch TV all the time, I, I guess things on TV resonate with you, I guess. Somebody wrote it. But there's, <laughs> <laughs> but there's nothing like literature, like a good poetry I, I, listen, and a good story. I like, feel you. I'm, I'm going to leave you with this. A poem of friendship by Nikki Giovanni. Who is my Sora, which I'm I'm moved that she is my Sora. I'm a Delta. She's a Delta. But this is one of my favorite poems too, a poem of friendship. And this is this this poem sort of lights, colors how I view relationships these days. We are not lovers because of the love we make, but the love we have. We are not friends because of the laughs we spend, but the tears we save. I don't want to be near you for the thoughts we share, but the words we never have to speak. I will never miss you because of what we do, but what we are together. That's oh. it. And with that, Fabs, it's been a lovely hour. Thank, thank you for inviting me to talk about poetry because you know it's my favorite thing. <laughs> For those of you who tuned in or who will tune in, this is the Elm City Lit Fest podcast. And my guest tonight was Babs Rawls Ivy, my good friend. And we talked about poetry that we love. We, we actually, do. We, we, and we have these conversations. In real I, life. <laughs> Like we not just for the podcast, but beyond the podcast, we actually talk about literature and books and poetry. I mean, we do. I mean, we really do do this. So exactly. So with that Thank said, you, I I appreciate you, my friend. I appreciate Rev Kev, Baobab Tree Studios. Anybody want a podcast? Look them up <laughs> and share this show. And our time, I will see you out. We we are out. See you later.